The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Thursday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the terror turd herself, Tammy, the terror underwood. Say plop, plop, Tam. Plop, plop? <laughs> Hi, everybody. No, Tammy, the terror turd. Yeah. I have the hiccups, but. <laughs> Probably from all that turdation. Yeah. Hey, keep talking. I'll get rid of my hiccups. Give me a, <laughs> no, seriously, give me a sec. I'm giving you a second. Chop, chop, pork chop. Hello? Anybody out there? <laughs> I told you I was getting rid of my hiccups. Oh, okay. Your son just looked at me like, what the fuck is she doing? Boobies. Oh, shit. Now they're there. <laughs> I didn't get rid of them. But anyways, so um, today's a Thursday episode. I, I have the hiccups. I apologize if I hiccup. Do you need me to restart? No. Um. Anyways, this one is actually a very thought-provoking one because it's about a mother who um, two of her children were murdered. And there's debate on whether she committed the murder or somebody else did. Now, I don't really get into it a whole lot in this episode, but I will in the blog, that... Um, if she didn't commit the murders, there's a possibility that Tommy Lynn Sells did. Oh, I did him, didn't I? Yes, you did. He's the one that killed the... Um, in, the in the trailer park. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He like cut the one yes. friend's throat and thought she was dead. And... Right, and she pretended like she was. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah. God, we have a... God, we did him. That was... Back before we even hit 100. Yeah, he was in our early episodes. Holy and shit. Like I said, I don't really touch on it a whole ago. lot during this episode, but I will in the blog that um, there is a possible because um, the main reason why this came up is because I came across another story of a woman who was accused of killing her child her- as well. But years later, it was determined that he did it. That Tommy Lincells was the perpetrator. God and damn. And he was in this area during the time of this crime. So, there's a possibility he could have done it, too. But, sorry. I was putting lip balm on. Sorry. Are your lips ashy? Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. They are a little bit. Girl, you ain't got no lips. They can't be ashy. They're actually not ashy. They're just, like, dry. You have to have lips for them to be dry. I'm just saying, you have a face gash. Fuck off. <laughs> so True anyways, story. Anyways, being a parent, I couldn't imagine what I would have done had I been faced with the fact that my child had been murdered. Although my son and I butted heads a whole lot while he was growing up, I never considered the possibility that I would end his life. The case I'm presenting today is about Darley Routier. In 1996, 26-year-old Darlie Routier gave the authorities details about how a man broke into her home, her family's house in the early morning hours and stabbed two of her sons to death. However, the investigators saw something else and they ultimately arrested her and charged her for the murders. Although it may seem like a cut-and-dry case of a mother who murdered two of her children, this case is quite controversial. After all... 
what if she's telling the truth? What if someone else had murdered her two young sons? Did the state of Texas put an innocent woman on death row? Let me give you more information on the case and let you decide. Okay? So on June 6, 1996, during the early morning hours, 26-year-old Darley Routier placed a panic call to Rolette, Texas 911 dispatch. She told the operator that someone had broken into her family's home, stabbed two of her sons, Devin and Damon, and her. She said that her husband, Darren, and their infant son, Drake, was asleep, was sleeping upstairs. Can you imagine a family full of fucking D's? I just, <laughs> I just can't imagine. <laughs> well, and I laugh because I have an aunt who hurt. I mean, she's like my favorite aunt. Her name. That's not why we're laughing. Shut up. Because we know how much you like the D, and I'm pretty sure you'd be happy if you're in a house full of D. Whatever, freaks. Whatever, ho. I was going to say, I make fun of my aunt because all of her children are named, you know, Kyle's. I mean, it's like Kurt, Kelly, Chrissy, Corey, and Kyle all with a K. And Wow, that's the KKK. I know, right? She's a racist. So, And my brother actually has two children, and they're all they're both names start with why so you know what yeah the like fuck why did i have kids i wonder the same thing all the time why no why did i have children it's yuki and wonton you know oh no i know it's the it's the one's the electronics worker and the other one's gonna make me freaking uh, korean food i, I dig <laughs> i'm hip to the scene i'm picking up what you're yeah, laying down so not only were they darley and fucking darren but they also had three children named them with d's it's just disgusting to me i'm the big d so, anyways, Darren and Drake were not harmed as they were sleeping upstairs. So, when the authorities arrived on the scene, Devin was pronounced dead. Although Damon was still alive, as he was being rushed to the hospital in the ambulance, he succumbed to his injuries and died. They also noticed that Darley was bruised and had cuts from a sharp object on her right arm and throat. She, too, was taken to the hospital by ambulance where, they under- where she underwent surgery to repair the damage now that's important to know okay now um after the 911 call was released to the public people heard darley scream somebody came in they broke in and just stabbed me and my children darley told the authorities that the intruder was a six foot tall white male which falls into tommy linsell's description as by I said, the way. that sounds a lot like it buddy tommy time yeah So as the investigators searched the premises, they noticed that the screen of the garage window was cut. Therefore, it was suggested that was the entry point of the perpetrator. Even though the Roulette Police Department says they began the investigation focusing on the fact that someone had broken into the Routier house, they started seeing holes in Darley's story. Then the now inf- then the now infamous video footage was released and people began to have their own lingering doubts. Did Darley Routier kill her own two children? Now, um, as forensic analysis went over the crime scene, they noticed that the evidence wasn't supporting Darley's claim. That's when the authorities began to suspect she was the one responsible for the attack on herself and her two young children. Here are just some of the things they noticed. When the investigators learned that the knife used to attack Darley and the and murder the boys came from the Routier's kitchen, they began to have doubts that the intruder existed. Not to mention, they weren't able to determine a clear motive. They ruled out robbery when they realized there were a number of valuable items sitting in open that had not been touched or taken. 
Now, analysis of the blood spatter patterns in the house determined they weren't consistent with the events that Darley laid out for them. She said that when she awoke to the attack, she chased after the intruder through the kitchen. However, according to the forensic experts, the blood drops in the kitchen floor appeared to be from someone standing in one place as opposed to running through the area. Now, and you and I talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, there's no fucking set rule that says you got to keep running. You're bleeding. Maybe she got dizzy. Exactly. And stopped and said, oh, hey, okay. Yeah, this is I as can't far run can any make further. It. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I've cut myself really bad once or twice, and I've had some injuries where I've been bleeding pretty good. And there's only so far you're going to go before you, the adrenaline wears off. You're like, I feel weak. Is that when your fuck. fucking um, girlfriend hit you with a lamp? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, my my now deceased ex girlfriend, but oh, see, oh, I thought it was a different one. No, that was the one that OD'd. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Hello Pants. Didn't she attack you too? No, no, no. Oh she... no, Shannon. Oh, Shannon tried to stab me. Oh, okay, stab you, not throw a lamp at you. Right. She was she was a stabber. Okay. She was a, a butcher's knife, carve you up, fucking Michael Myers shit going on. Wow, I need to take some points from her. So the blood spatter on the back of Darley's nice shirt was also analyzed. According to a report from those tests, the drops of blood indicated that she may have actually inflected her own wounds. Not to mention there were puncture holes on the shirt that didn't line up with any wounds on her person. The investigators theorized that she removed the shirt and stabbed at it with a knife to produce holes to try and corroborate her story. Now, then there was the blood in the kitchen sink. Forensic technicians found copious amounts of blood both in and around the kitchen sink. And after analyzing it, it was determined to be Darley's blood. This suggested that she was standing at the sink when her arm and throat were cut. Another indication that she had possibly inflicted the wounds herself. After all, it wouldn't be the first time this has happened. And it's true. It wouldn't be. I mean, we haven't covered her, but Diane Downs shot herself in the arm to try to... The woolly-haired stranger, you know. Right, right. So, um, lastly, as a team of forensic experts swept through the kitchen, they discovered a bread knife that had traces of fiberglass rods that matched with the fiberglass rods on the screen of the garage window. If there was an intruder and he did enter through that point, the authorities wondered why he put the knife back. Now, I was going through the reports, and I could not find anything that stated that the bread knife matched the knives of the Routier kitchen. So, it did, if it didn't match their knives, who's to say the intruder didn't just leave it in the kitchen, you know, just set it down and leave it there as he was escaping? You yeah, know what I mean? Be, could be, yeah. Maybe yeah. he dropped it or some shit. Exactly. Because if you're not telling me that it matched the knives from the set, then I am not going to automatically assume it belonged to the set. Of course, it could be just be hillbillies and not have a whole match set either. Oh, my God. You're right, because they're in Texas. But they Bring were in, in an affluent neighborhood, so. Doesn't mean they're not hillbillies. I'm <laughs> just saying. Just saying. True. I see you. <laughs> uh, Touche. It cuts like a knife. <laughs> <laughs> So with all this evidence, the authorities began to theorize that the person responsible for the attack was inside the house the entire time. Since Darren was upstairs asleep with Drake, suspicion naturally shifted to Darley being the perpetrator as opposed to a stranger. Now, they had to build the case against her, right? So they started with the 911 call. After detectives began to focus their investigation on Darley as a culprit, they had to build a case against her. To do that, they took another look at the events from where it all started. Her 911 dispatch call, 
her call to the 911 dispatch center. When they reviewed the tape, they listened with suspicious ears. During Darley's trial, officers took the stand and testified that she was, quote, eerily calm. I don't need to see that. And alert. He's showing me his chest, everybody. You have a hairy nipple. I have a hairy chest. <laughs> so throughout the entire conversation with the dispatcher, not only that, when she was given instructions to apply pressure to young Damon's injuries, she failed to do so. Now, on the other hand, people who support Darley and believe that she's innocent have a different perspective when it comes to those tapes. According to them, she wasn't as calm and alert as the authorities claim. In fact, she was actually screaming throughout the entire call. They also say that perhaps she didn't follow the dispatcher's instructions to apply pressure to Damon's wounds because she was legitimately in shock. Despite all that, one aspect of the call seemed highly suspicious, both then and now. At one point during the conversation with the dispatcher, Jarley made it clear she had touched the knife used during the attack. She said, quote, I wonder if we could have gotten the prints, maybe. Now, when Officer David Waddell took the stand during Darley's trial, he said, I thought if she was worried about fingerprints on a knife, she could certainly take care of her kids. Now, saying that, I, I tend to disagree because when you're in shock, you don't necessarily do what people think is logical. You do what your mind thinks is logical at the time. And exactly. And like our intern says, it's usually not the most logical thing ever. So um, after first responses of pride, uh, excuse me, arrived on the scene, they noticed more odd behavior from Darley. When the paramedics took Damon into the ambulance, she didn't make any effort to follow them nor did she ask what hospital they were taking him to. Then nurses from the hospital later testified against Darley and stated that when she was informed about Damon's death, she didn't react the way someone would expect a mother to react after finding out two of her children were murdered. Well, exactly. That's what I was exactly going to say, is that we can never judge... Whether or not someone's innocence or guilt hinges on the fact of how they grieve. Because everybody grieves differently. Um, I've been told that when I'm faced with certain situations, like similar situations, I go into, quote, business mode. Which means I take care of business first. And then after that's all done, I might have a breakdown. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like after my father died, if it wasn't natural causes, are they going to think that I killed him because I went to, oh, I have to make sure this, this, and this, and this is done first. See, I try not to judge people, but I can tell just by looking at them if they're guilty or not. You can tell by looking at me whether I'm guilty or not? You're guilty. I know I am, but whatever. So, um... Then when detectives looked at the possibility of an intruder from every angle, her claims didn't make sense to them. For instance, the garage window where it was initially assumed the intruder accessed the residence, it didn't appear to validate the theory. In fact, if someone had entered the house from that point, they didn't disturb anything on or around the window at all. Then when they found the knife using the attack lying on the floor of the utility room, this theory still didn't add up to them. According to Darley, the intruder dropped the murder weapon 
there as he was fleeing. However, the blood spatter pattern from was more consistent with the idea that the knife was gently placed on the floor rather than dropped from above. Right? However, the defense did counter all the circumstantial evidence listed above. During Darley's trial, the defense countered the prosecution's claims. Her attorneys argued that she didn't wouldn't have had enough time to stage the crime scene, as they claim, before placing the 911 call and the authorities arriving at her house. They also said that technicians discovered bloody fingerprints in the garage and on the coffee table that were never identified. According to them, that alone supports the theory of an intruder. Now, I didn't get into it in this article, but it was suggested that when she was on phone with 911 dispatchers, and she was talking about the knife and how she had touched it, that an officer had already arrived at the scene and she was talking to them and not the dispatch about how she had touched the knife. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that as that aspect as well. Because they lived in a very affluent neighborhood. So it's safe to assume that the police arrived rather quickly. You know? Right. So then there was the infamous incriminating video footage. When it came to the trial, people claimed that the most damaging evidence against Darley was provided to the prosecution by her. Eight days after Devin and Damon were murdered, Devin had turned would have turned seven years old. To mark the... Oh, crap. Hang on. I lost my plate. Okay. To mark the occasion, she invited news crews from the local area to get footage of the Rudier family and friends celebrating at the gravesite of the two boys. Now, in the footage that was shown to the jury, Darley and everyone present were laughing, chewing gum, singing, dancing, and spraying cans of string out over the graves. They even played the song Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. You know, that... <laughs> I, I'm not going to sing it for you. The song that's about me. No, I dig. Uh, no, it's not about you. It's about I'm- me because I have a ghetto card. No, you don't. You're a white girl. Keep going. So, anyway, I wrote his name wrong. It's Greg Davis, not Greg Davis. Greg Davis, the lead prosecutor of the case, saw the video and felt it was verifiable proof that Darley didn't display any grief over the loss of her two young sons. In fact, he said that her, quote, upbeat behavior seemed very unusual for a woman who had lost two sons a mere week ago. Now, Again, people grieve differently. And it's said that Gangster's Paradise was her son's favorite song. He loved the beat to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, within four short days of the video being released to the public, Darley was arrested and charged with premeditated capital murder. Um, when she was tried for murder, the prosecution team based the bulk of their case on that incriminating silly string video from the birthday celebration. They argued that she was a, quote, a shallow and materialistic woman with no remorse. In fact, they maintained that Darley wanted to get her sons out of the picture because they were becoming too much of a responsibility and they hindered her from pursuing the lifestyle she craved. Her defense team argued that their client didn't have any motive for killing her children. However, the prosecution claimed that her motivation was clear. She had grown increasingly irritated with her boys because she was, quote, no longer the glamorous blonde center of attention. The defense even argued that Darley's neck injury couldn't have been self-inflicted since it was approximately two inches from severing her carotid artery. They maintained that she couldn't have caused it herself. Now, 
you and I talked about this because I questioned it with you. Yep. Is that if anybody had medical knowledge, they could have avoided that carotid artery, whether oh, yeah. it be by millimeters or inches. And two inches is quite a big space. Yeah, no, it is. It, that's uh, so. It's a lot of space, man. Yeah. So when it came to the infamous incriminating video, Darley supporters had an argument for that as well. They maintained that it was edited by someone to make it seem as if she was just a heartless woman, which is true because I have actually seen the ed- unedited version of this video. Well, now, now I was thinking if you're celebrating this kid's birthday at the gravesite, it's a celebration. You know, right. and I- I've said this before. When I check out, I don't want nobody to grieve for me. I want y'all to have a big fucking party. We're going drink, to drink, do plenty of drugs, and you know, and have a good time. Talk about me when I'm alive. You know, while I was alive. Don't sit there and grieve that I'm dead. Yeah. Just just my theory on it. Just, just No, just, I agree with you. I mean, my deal, y'all. well, and a lot of people have maintained nowadays that it's a celebration of life as opposed to a funeral. Right. You know, because we had that for my friend Jess when she died. You know, we all got together, we drank copious amounts of fucking wine, and we just laughed and had a good time. I mean, does that mean we're heartless? No, it means we remember her for who she was, not means who... you're a murderer. Whatever, fucker. Obviously, according to Texas. Huh? According to Texas, that makes you a murderer. It does, it does. So, um... Okay, in fact, they said that the ceremony began as a somber event meant to honor Devin and Damon that transitioned into a more lively birthday party. However, that is not what the members of the jury saw when they were shown the tape. Darley Kay, who was Darley Rutea's mother, told a reporter from the Dallas Morning News, they, quote, the jury, ended up deliberating on the silly string. Silly string is not a lethal weapon, which I agree. You know? And when Darlie talked about the video later, she herself said he wanted to be seven. I did the only thing that I knew to do to honor him and give him all his wishes because he wasn't there anymore. But how do you know what you're going to do when you lose two children? How do you know what you're going, how you're going to act? Which is true. I agree. Right? I've never been faced with that, so I don't know how to act. Now, um... After all was said and done, on February 4th, 1997, a jury found Darley Routier guilty of first-degree murder for the death of Damon. Due to his age, his murder was the one that allowed for the prosecution to seek the death penalty, and the judge complied with their request. Now, Darley continued to fight the charges after she was convicted in 2000. In 2001, she filed an official appeal. However, the higher court upheld her conviction in 2003. Then in 2007, her appellate attorneys argued for the court to run DNA tests, which they feel will once and for all prove her innocence. However, that has yet to happen. People who believe in Darlie's innocence always fall back on the fact that there was not any DNA evidence to support the theory that she committed the crime. Especially since a bloody sock and other incriminating evidence was discovered near the gutter in the alley behind the house. It is assumed that the sock possibly belonged to alleged murderer. I mean, intruder. Excuse me. Now, people have even, I mean, people who are against her say that she staged that herself. But there is no possibility she would have had the time to do that. Now, currently, Darley is housed at the Mountain View unit in Gatesville, Texas, as she awaits for her execution day to be set. Despite that, she's always maintained her innocence. 
she gave an interview from death row recently and stated, I did not kill my children. That's ridiculous. All of a sudden, I woke up, stabbed my kids, tried to slip, slip my head off. Come on. Unfortunately, without any further evidence and with the lack of DNA evidence, we may never know the truth when it comes to this case. Now, that's all I have written, but considering what you've heard, do you think it's a possibility she is innocent? I, I think she is, man. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to convict somebody over a fucking edited video. Yeah. That should be considered contempt well, of court. Well, and I didn't get into it here either, but because apparently the cops placed one of those uh, voice-activated um, like voice recorders at the gravesite. All right. You know, because every once in a while... Whoever committed the crime will go to the gravesite and confess. Okay. Right? They when they were at when they were questioned about all this, they pled the fifth. <laughs> Which tells me that they have something to hide. I, I I agree, you know. Well, number one, you're talking about an e- edited footage mm-hmm. that you're showing so that right there I believe can be considered evidence tampering. Right. By itself. Then you got <coughs> Cops play some voice recorders at a grave site. Jesus Christ, man. And then Texas. you plead the fifth when you're asked about it, <coughs> which tells me, A, you did not have permission to do that, and B, you have something to hide. I agree, man. Texas, pull your fucking head out of your ass. God damn. Well, and it, I mean, we just covered Anthony Charles Boyd, remember? And there's possibility that they, I mean, and it was shown in that case that they had convicted people wrongly. Oh, yeah. Well, so, he's different. He's black. Well, well, no, it's because <laughs> you got all these hillbillies out there who are going, oh, he's black. He must be the guy. Right. Even though he matched with, I mean, his DNA profile would have matched, the marker would have matched with 33% of the population. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm actually tending to lean to the fact that she did not commit these murders. You know, because other than that. What other motivation did she have? I don't think she had any, honestly. Yeah, it's not like Darlene Downs, which who had an obvious motivation to get rid of her children. You know? Because she was Downs and out? No, because she was in... Diane Downs, I mean, I don't know if we'll cover her or not, because she was a famous case in Oregon. But she murdered... She uh, murdered one child and attempted to murder the other two because she was in love with a postal worker from Arizona who did not like children. And she wanted to be with that. him. I think I so remember So she tried that. to get rid of her children. And you know, then she escaped and got pregnant again. Do you know what her favorite band is? What? System of the Downs. You're so fucking stupid. <laughs> but she's <laughs> the reason why women in Oregon State Penitentiary have to wear prison clothes now. I think all women should have to wear prison clothes whether they're in or out of prison. Only because you like to see them in bondage. Goddamn right. <laughs> it's hot. Except for your mom. That's different. Okay, and we're done. <laughs> That's all I have for Darlie. I got all kinds of things for your mom. Anyhow, remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Check out the YouTube channel. Give us a little likey-like and follow along for our videos that are really relate to the goddamn podcast. It's you know pretty self-evident there. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. Remember, folks, keep it classy. Keep it sexy. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.